You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, but like, I'd rather dunk on Comrade and Thompson, to be honest. We can do both. And we will do both right now. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Patrick O'Dell. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Randy Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is Tuesday, as I lose my earbud, Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, uploaded on Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, Greg DeMarco, Patrick O'Dell, Greg DeMarco Show. I always like to give the date, whatever, just for historical purposes, but we are literally in the middle of like one of the craziest time periods ever in the world of professional wrestling. It'll be a show of firsts and a show of lasts because we've got Triple H's first pay-per-view premium live event at the helm of, of WWE Creative in SummerSlam 2022. And we got Ric Flair's last, final, last, ever, last retirement, final, last match that took place the day after in Nashville, Tennessee, which we will talk about as well. And we're right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of it all. You know, it's funny, Patrick O'Dowd, the Attitude Era, when it happened, like, we didn't have social media the way we do now. We didn't have all that stuff. We didn't realize it until months, year later. Holy crap, like, everything has changed. Like, like it, it's, it's, right. we are smart enough now and we have a billion different people screaming it at us on uh, wrestling news sites and on social media 
that we're in the at the precipice of this big massive shift in the world of pro wrestling and maybe that ends up being a disappointment maybe it doesn't who knows we obviously have thoughts on that um and we'll talk about them all that stuff and more on this week's edition of the greg demarco show Chairshot Radio Network, go to chairshot.com. Always use your head. We're all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, so many more. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a five-star review, do all of it. Go follow it on Twitter at Chairshot Media, at Chairshot Greg, and at Wrestling Realist. So he doesn't yell at me like he did last week. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That's right. There is no I in wrestling, but there is one and realist, and there is one in Patrick, and there is one in friend for the best friend for the wrestling realist for the Patrick, Patrick O'Dowd. We're, we're having thanks, it. Thanks, man. It's well, I mean, you had to get it all in there. You had to get it all in there. You, you did well. You did well. I, I appreciate you. Um, that whole spiel has grown over the pre, years. Pre pre calling me out after you know being critical of you not doing your thing. Like that was your thing. It is my thing. I, I was just. I just noted that it was your thing and you didn't do it. So and it's grown. That um, thing has grown over the years of us doing yeah, this. The, the, the NG know, has gotten more pronounced. To, to, and and all the things <laughs> that go along with it um, have, have, right. have just added on and piled on as we've gone along. Going back to the days where we couldn't see each other while we do this, uh, I can't even imagine. Oh, I can't even imagine not being able to see people I podcast. The days of doing a podcast on a landline phone. <laughs> I don't even have one of those. even know how do you have a landline phone still no 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 we're i'm surprised you you would strike me as a person that would still have to have a landline phone uh we did for a while because uh like when we first bought the house as Mm -hmm. this is compelling podcasting here uh but it was that old misguided you know having something that you know actually the phone lines would have to go down Right. For you to not be able to contact him. Like it was like old man Patrick being like, we should have a landline phone. And then we never used it. And we never used it. We never checked the voicemail. When we built our house a long, long time ago, we had a landline phone. And then we moved. Uh, that was the last of our landline phones. So we have not had a landline phone in 14 years. Yeah. Only telemarketers would call it, you know, the usual. Usual stuff. And so. I'll still see that number pop up on occasion on something. And it's just like, what number is that? Oh, that's our old landline number. So, right. yeah, I, I just can't even, can't even imagine the world has changed. The world. Has, and even when we had it, we had like cordless wireless phones that you had to plug in. So, yep. the, even if the lines weren't down, if power was, we were effed anyway. So it didn't matter. Like it just didn't, didn't suffice with what we thought it would be. So yeah, that did not last. God, I remember the days of having when I got a phone in my room, like that was the big deal. And, and then we got a second right. line, like you had to press the button and you, it was 50 50. You either answered the line or you hung up on the person you were talking to. One of the two happened, um, sometimes both. And you heard the noise. And the first time you ever heard the click boop noise, you were like, what, what, that's a call on the other line. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. It's, how, it's like, how, what, what do I do now? It's like when I would sit down when I was in college and I would sit down on the computer and be like, I have email. Now I sit down and I have 9,000 unread messages in my Gmail account. Um, it's actually true. 9,034. So that's. Damn, dude. It's, it's just a bit. It's just a, you know, I've had this account for shit, 10 years. 
So yeah, I try to go through and clean it up and unsubscribe from stuff and move things over to the the social tab and the promotions tab and and the other tab and the this tab. Oh. But yeah, it's just Very not nice. worth it. Not worth it at all. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about all that stuff and and we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it this week. Um, I don't even know. Like like it's your week for the list. I don't even know if you came up with a list. Like your honest to God, we were talking we were talking about this before the show. Like I didn't have time to I don't have time to think about the list. We'll see. <laughs> we got two idea. big topics to talk about, so so the list might right. have to take a week off. I mean, um, if if we have a shorter show, I'm not gonna complain, Greg. No, I'm I know just you're telling. not. I know you're not. So we will figure that out real quick. Uh, we, we, we've gone long enough to where we can go to commercial. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those chair shot t-shirts. That does make things really, really nice um, when, you, when you pick up one of those shirts. And, and it looks good and it feels good. Um, you guys know uh, there's lots of designs. There's lots of really good stuff about it. So go do that. Pick up a t-shirt and, um, and, and support the movement, support the cause. There's lots of reasons to do so. Lots of good that it can do. So we definitely do appreciate people doing it. Also, so you know, if you listen to the show on Wednesday, um, there's a sale going on starting the summer sale at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot going from 1 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday, August 26th or August 6th, excuse me, um, not August 26th. That'd be a really long sale. Uh, 1 p.m. Wednesday to 1 p.m. Saturday of this week only. Receive 20% off your order plus free shipping to the U.S. on orders over $150 by using the promo code SUMMERTIME. So again, 20% off using that promo code SUMMERTIME. Take advantage of it. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Look, you know what's there. You know what we got. We got shirts for the podcast. We got all kinds of shirts. Uh, we got the wrestling promotion shirts, whatever. Just just go pick them up. You'll like them. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. If you're listening to this in real time, promo code SUMMERTIME. Or maybe you're listening to this, but it's it's like August 3rd of 2024. Probably the same sale, probably the same promo code. Promo code SUMMERTIME. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Save 20% with the promo code SUMMERTIME. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. 
So SummerSlam was this weekend, and there's a lot to talk about coming out of SummerSlam. There's no way we can talk about all of it. Uh, but uh, it's it just some, you know, obviously people know by now, Farmer Brock went Farmer Brock and moved an entire ring with a tractor. Uh, one of uh, one of my many favorite, there's so many favorite lines of the night that I had. Commentary was just out of this world for SummerSlam. But Michael Cole freak legitimately freaked out when the ring shifted like three feet towards the commentary table before the, the, the tractor picked it up. And he was just like Brock's moving the ring with a goddamn tractor. Like that's what Michael Cole said. And, and it was so, so sent me, it was actually Miranda sent me a picture today of it's like when uh, there's a series of Michael Cole gifts now that are like, you know, he's swearing in them. And it says right. when Sasha Banks returns, it's fucking boss time. Just made me smile so big because it would be, it would be fucking boss time. And uh, Indeed. I mean, just, just how, how good would that be? I don't even know where the it's boss time soundbite went. I was like, I like how you're, I like watching you. You can tell, you can tell like, what I'm trying, looking for. You're it's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time. It's boss time in Brooklyn. For that reason only, she has to return on SmackDown. Like, she can't come back on Raw because then it would be Corey Graves or Jimmy Smith or Byron Saxon. Like, she has to come back on SmackDown. Um, Plus, we just had three major debuts for the Raw roster for the women. So, there's that as well. Right, right. Yeah, you Um, can't, can't really mess with that. No. But, but commentary to me was fantastic. God. One of my favorite lines, Corey Graves, well, Pat McAfee drinks beer with a fan after he beats Baron Corbin, who sucks, by the way. Um, hey, you yes. know what? Let's just get that out of the way. Let's just get it all in. It's time for another edition of Baron Corbin Sucks. He made Pat McAfee look like a million bucks, but don't you forget, Baron Corbin still sucks. That'll do it for this week's edition of Baron Corbin Sucks. Look at you, Ben. That should be the new. That should be the new rule. Baron Corbin Sucks should have to rhyme. That Fuck should... that! I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, no, I'm just, you you can when, when it's for, his turn care. to do Baron Corbin Sucks. Don't expect a rhyme because Patrick gives no fucks. I can do this all day. That'll do it for this week's edition of Baron. We're 12 minutes in and the show might have peaked with the Baron Corbin sucks rhyme. Who knows? But him drinking with a fan and then Corey Graves saying, last time I tried to drink on the job, you sent me home for a week to Michael Cole. It's just so fantastic because it's true. I just didn't get a ton of play when it happened. Like, it's just. Yeah, I. um I also liked the uh, when McAfee, after winning the match, he walked by the commentary table to like acknowledge her, and like Corey Graves goes to shake his hand, and McAfee does like the fuck you both, like uh-huh. blow off the Graves, yeah. like yeah, and then Graves just kind of like acts like he was like straightening his hair. So I don't remember. It was funny when those uh, guys are friends, like they live right. near each other. Graves literally talks about how he drives by Plum County, which has a home of Pat McAfee sign, apparently. Um, Whenever he's driving home and 
He's been on the Pat McAfee show. I think Pat McAfee's been on his show as well. If Graves ever comes out of retirement to wrestle, it'd probably be against Pat McAfee. Um, I mean, makes not? sense. You know, why Why not at all? Like, do we ever see Corey Graves wrestle in Ring of Honor or on the Indies? Do we ever see Sterling James Keenan wrestle? Yeah. I think we did. Do we, I, we absolutely did because we've – it took me a minute to remember the name. But, yeah, we – Definitely, I've seen Sterling James Keenan. As as you, so. as you as you put it. Yeah, I mean, there's no, no way sure. I'm going to find it, but yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to check and see. So, yeah, I'm sure we did. Like, like we had to have. Seen yeah, there's there's yeah, there's Sterling no way James Keenan somewhere um, in a four corner survival match or something in in right because that's what we did. Dorchester, Massachusetts. That's right. <laughs> I jobbed to the um, Dorchester traffic. If I see one right. more super kick. Um, uh, yeah, I just remember the uh, first indie show I ever go to, and it's because uh, back then Ring of Honor was was you know was what it was, and we're we're driving into an armory surrounded by barbed wire fence in a dodgy suburb of Boston, and I'm like, why are we here? Like, just why is this the spot? And um, they would find better New England locations. Anyone. And they had better New England locations before then. It just was probably what's available. What I loved then, and I still love now, is that we were in Dorchester. But if we went further up the road, we would not have been in Worcester. We would have been in right. Worcester. But we weren't in Duster. We were in Dorchester. So, yeah, we were in Dorchester. Yeah, very true. Very true. By the way, um, SummerSlam was a, was a nice reminder for me that mm-hmm. uh, the Miz is the best at what he does. Oh, God. So good. Um, and Logan Paul, damn good. Like, like this, Yeah, he, Logan Paul. Born to be a pro wrestler, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he he's looking the part, and he's he's doing well. And the, and the match was was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, you know, you got AJ Styles um, jumping in and sticking his nose in on Chompa there, which, and maybe we'll, and I'm sure we'll talk about it raw, but that spot to end that triple threat match um uh, was, was a lot of fun. A little obvious, a but still fun. like not obvious, but like a little contrived, but still cool enough. But to where it works. I, I mean, have you watched an AEW show? Like, there's yes. plenty of contrived spots in professional wrestling. Of course. It's okay. Um, but anyway, now, no. Back in a, to in AEW, that spot would not have ended the match either. So no, no, he would have kicked out. Um, but just the the way the Miz. He's the way the way the, he is just the way he is as a heel and as an asshole and, and as a guy you just you want to see get his get his ass handed to him every time he steps in the ring. It's it's amazing and it's he's extraordinarily talented at what he does and he makes like he Logan Paul probably would have been fine with whoever he like worked with had they broke him in with somebody else, but the Miz was the absolute right way to break him in, in his initial, you know, appearances. And then to be, you know, the match that, that is, that is his big headliner singles match was like the Miz made Logan Paul better. He makes everybody better. He does. But in the, in this particular case, you really saw, in my opinion, you really saw why the Miz is so valued in that company. Yeah. I mean, last year it was bad bunny. This year it was Logan Paul. Like, and and yeah, Logan Paul maybe could have done that with other people, but maybe not. Like the Miz is literally people talk about how you know you know 
you know, Kevin Riley, whatever his name was, Alex Riley, he didn't really make it. John Morrison, like a lot of the Miz lackeys don't really, you know, make it in the long run, but like Daniel Bryan, Danielson was one of his lackeys, like kicked off his WWE career and, and they intersected multiple times. And, you know, and then of course you got Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul should not be a babyface. He should be a heel. Like he is. Uh, he's right, a right, punchable right. face. He looks like he's not likable. Everything. The Miz turned him into a babyface. Then At he was a perfect now. opponent yeah, because right. the Miz trained him essentially. Like, yeah. There, there's all that video on there, and it's not like they stopped training together after after the WrestleMania no, 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 no. situation. He started training with AJ Styles. Of course he did. Yes. Yeah, he but, picked up some picked up some pointers. And the AJ interference would not have happened before the change in leadership, in my opinion. Especially Probably not. Especially not with the music playing. Like, it's really funny because, as you know, as you joked about earlier, I, I'm a promoter. I think that was off, off air before I started recording. But um, right. the veterans hate it if we play someone's theme song in the middle of a match as a distraction or somebody to come out. Like, that would never happen. And I'm like, none of this would ever happen. Like none of this, we're we're in the middle of a fantasy world, and right, and right, right, right. But music pops people, and and we're here to create moments, and we're here to create things. Because you'll hear fans talk about it. When that guy's music went off, I went crazy. But you don't ever hear. Oh yeah. When that guy ran out, and I didn't know who it was, I went crazy like that. Like the, the music is a big freaking deal. Um, and yeah. they did it I multiple mean, times during SummerSlam, almost too much. Right. Well, you know, we're hold off, Greg, on on criticizing Triple H and that creative direction right now. You have two weeks, and then the backlash can start. You think you two weeks is all it's going to take? I uh, I mean, with this fickle WWE crowd, who knows? Maybe six months. We'll see. You, you know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. Though is there will be the things that that will be hallmarks of of you know, what we would presume to be Triple H um, creative that will then become the criticisms that people will hang their hat on. Well, and, and, and that's something I wanted to get to, to be honest with you, um, later, yep. but at least in my head. We'll get to it now. I'll give you an example. Okay. They do the storyline injury for, for Matt Riddle with Seth Rollins. He hits him with the stomp on the on the stair contraption. They say that Riddle suffered a stinger. Can't work. Not cleared. Riddle does a run in. Um, Rollins comes out. Again, we get Rollins' music, even though why would they even have his music prepared when he wasn't supposed to wrestle, right? But but still, I love it. Rollins comes out. They brawl. There's a stomp. All of that. And I realized, and I didn't realize this until I was driving home today from, from the CrossFit gym. If they did that spot and Vince was in charge... People would have hated it. Probably. Like there is Triple H is getting some of that Tony Khan AEW. Well, yeah, you get that. I mean, that's that's true in just about anything, though. They would have been like, why not just have the match? Why did you have to do all this? But with Triple H, they're like, oh, they found a way to get him on the cards. This is amazing. Like, how brilliant is this? Like, there is the Triple H colored glasses. That. Well, right. It's the, it's the honeymoon phase. Like we're in the honeymoon. But AEW's like, been in the honeymoon phase for three years. This may well, not go. No, well. honey. No, no. AEW's in a delusional phase with a very select yeah. group of people that is a sliver of whatever in a non-existent wrestling war. Uh, and they're like, you've talked about this on the show. 
AEW knows who their audience is and what they love to see. And they just give that to them. And they have no and, desire to build a new audience. And, and, and that's the thing. Down. Like, I don't, I, I still, I've tried. Um, I've had people DM me and be like, I'd love to talk to you about why, you know, what I think is great about AEW. And I, I don't have the time. Yes. And tell Sam. Or the patient. Like, literally. No, it's not, it's not, but it, I had more than, than, than that, but. He hits me up and he, he wants me to come on. I think he wanted me to come on and do something this summer. I don't know if it ever happened. But and, just, and it's yeah. just. Like, and, will, and so we're yeah. right. There is a, like the honeymoon period with Tony Khan was the initial run and in ratings and viewership in AEW's infancy. And right. as people started, and as people started to see redundancies, as they started to see a roster glut, as they started to see what I would argue is directionless rest uh, as a directionless wrestling program. Like, I don't know where they're going except in a circle. And like, I almost, I almost texted you this question as we somehow end up bagging on AEW. I keep seeing everybody's talking about how great of a year John Moxley's having. And I'm like, is he though? Like what's special about what John Moxley's doing that is different from what I've seen out of John Moxley and AEW previously. Is he doing something new? Or is he just prominent again, doing the same stuff he's always done since he left the WWE? Like, is a new opponent? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's um, well. The chains are off now. He he gets to be himself. He gets to do what he wants to do. Like, okay. and he was but largely that, that at the end years. of his WWE run too. But right. he also so, sold it as that himself. John Moxley right. did. I mean, and, but he then ran. The, like, he then that. walked a lot of those comments back. Like that initial talk is Jericho interview that he did. He later said that's how he felt in the moment and doesn't necessarily feel that way anymore. Uh, cause right. he, he, he's had his run. He's had all this, you know, this is, you know, in between being world champion to being interim world champion and all that. Um, but, but it, so, yeah, it, 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 but, but back to WWE, right. cause that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. I was going to say circling it back to, I do, H. I do believe we are watching through triple H colored glasses. And I literally came to that realization today and I'm okay with it. Um, because the one thing I, I still remember, like I watched NXT with Triple H colored glasses and I loved it all along and I never stopped loving right. the NXT that he put on. So I have faith that he can continue to change and evolve. Cause that's always been one of his catchphrases, right? Evolve or perish, um, to, to where I won't take the glasses off, I guess. But I do believe right. had this exact same show been put on under the leadership of Vince McMahon, it would have been well reviewed. Because it was good, but I think right. that the there would have been that you would have sat down and expected there, to want to there, complain about WWE. Right there, there would be there would be folks out there. And I think this is true for either you know any either of the major promotions. Around. There, there's just this. There, there's a group that is going to poke holes just to poke holes on it. And I've, I mean, we've talked about that on the show. Like I, I would sit there and be like, well, I thought raw was an entertaining show. And there'd just be like eight people being like, this was crap. And they did this decision, this decision, this decision. They were all terrible. And this makes no sense. And fuck WWE. Um, the concept of change is still looming large in a lot of those folks too. Like that triple H colored glasses thing that you're talking about this but I already saw somebody um, 
on Twitter after Raw was over, be like, well, this was built, this was built as some like monumental Raw, some big deal Raw. It didn't really feel like they went like, like it was that big of a deal. And I just found that really interesting because I wanted to be like, you know, did did USA bill it as the you know a big monumental raw? Did the WWE bill it as a monumental raw? Or did everybody else like did we see somebody maybe write it or say it on a radio show that this is going to be a monumental raw or you know this is going to be this like big landscape shifting raw that's going to make a statement and you know it wasn't that it was a very good solid show i would i would say you know uh and i didn't watch the entirety of raw last night i just i just just didn't get to it but from what i saw out of it it was you know i saw bailey come you know bailey back again i saw eo sky which i'm still having trouble saying uh because i'm just i I just never called her anything other than eo shirai um like I saw her match, um, and, and it was it was great. But yeah, like they just started their next stories. They started yeah. progressing the 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 fall off from SummerSlam. It wasn't some monumental show. Like I mean, I saw people. Wasn't. I saw people saying it was going to be a Raw after WrestleMania sort yeah. of show. Yeah, and, and, yeah, I, think and I was like, yeah, what I didn't creates buy it. What, what? It had that buzz to it. On social yeah. media, anyway, and that's normal. But it it and and the difference is there's still a plan. There's always a plan, whether people like it or not. Right. There's always been a plan. Plan's always been there. The big difference now is the execution that's there. Like that's the big yeah. difference is the execution, and that's what uh, Ooh, the execution. I did have a different. question. Do do you do you have any knowledge uh, whether the commercial free first hour was always the plan? Or was that something that came up? I'd be really interested to know that because I think that that was, it was funny to watch it because they still paced the show as if there were commercial breaks. I have a feeling, I don't think it was the plan all along because why? Right? Why would this, we're not in sweeps, we're not in, we're still in rerun phase right now. So like there's really, there was no major competition. Like there was no reason to do it. Um, so, so I don't, there's no reason to plan it and, and do it that way. And Raw doesn't usually use picture in picture and they use picture in picture as well. Uh, so I don't know if WWE asked for it. I don't know if USA asked for it, but I do think it was a last minute decision. Um, and, and, and I can ask, I mean, I get the answer, but I do think that Triple H, it does seem, and, and this is just me and, and my intuitive nature and what I'm seeing, it does seem like he and USA are getting along very well. And, and, and they're happy. Right, 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 right. And, and, and I'm sure USA paid closer attention to the creative element than they normally would have because it's always been Vince who they dealt with. And, and, and if you believe the rumors that Vince's resignation was in the works about 10 days beforehand, that's not a whole ton of time for USA to know, be advised, plan, all of that. And so I'm sure the people they dealt with closely War Stephanie and Triple H and Nick Khan. So, so I'm sure maybe it's a vote of confidence for Triple H. Somebody had the idea and it was approved. Um, right. And if you've listened to Eric Bischoff talk about it on, on 83 Weeks, when you eliminate advertising, 
you've got to make it up somewhere else, make goods, whatever. And so it was a process and that shows a, a degree of faith in WWE. So that's where maybe WWE, because I do believe the, the word statement show is being thrown around. It's like one of the hot buzzwords right now. I do believe Triple H wanted to make a splash because sure. he, he only had a small window. Like he's got, he knew people were going to be watching to see what he would do. And so he had to do it now because if it took him six weeks to implement all, you know, change that he wanted to implement, people would have already been like same old shit and they're not going to, not going to tune into it. So I right. do think there's that element to where he had to do that, where he had to, uh, had to do something. And I think that's why he did things like, Bringing in EO Sky and Dakota Kai along with Bailey, which, you know, was, was reportedly an idea that Vince shot down back in like April, um, before Dakota Kai was released. And then she was released and now she's been brought back. Um, one person, when I said like, who had that other bingo card? One person was like, Oh, I knew Dakota Kai was going to be the first one he brought back. I was like, shut up. No, you didn't. No, get the fuck no out way. of town. There's no way. You I would have, be- I, the, I believe the people who said Sasha, who, who did Sasha and Naomi, like that one makes a lot more sense, but uh, come on. You know, it's interesting the way, because there was, when, when Finn Balor came up to the main roster, there was an episode of Raw that had, you know, two, uh, you know, two four way matches. Finn Balor won one, Roman Reigns won the other. Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns to go to SummerSlam to wrestle Seth Rollins to become the new Universal Champion, and Finn Balor won. Like, that was years, that was 2016 or whatever, like, like yep. when Ballard, 2017, whenever Ballard came up. And that was, you know, somewhere between six and four years ago, probably five years ago. And that was a, that could have been a statement or all. Like, like it's just, these things have happened right, before. Right. And so right. we're what did, what, do? To me, it's not the booking. It's, it's the little things that make a difference. Yep. It's the commentary, which is so different. It, it, it's so night and day. It's things like Tommaso Ciampa coming out victorious the, the the end of the night, even if Miz was involved or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's things like the women and the focus that the women got. Um, and, yeah, somebody uh, said it was like what eighteen, like almost twenty minutes worth of yeah, um, like meaningful mm-hmm. content for the yeah, women. And so. we have not since Triple H took over. We have not seen the twenty four seven championship. I don't think it's gone. I think he's trying to figure out what to do with it. And it's like, right. I've got higher priorities right now. We're going to figure out what to do with those well, things. You, you, you talk about that. Uh, you talk about subtle differences, the, just the way they even repackage the, uh, the importance of the USA, mm-hmm. uh, the United States championship, like a significant segment on the United States championship and, and it's lineage over, over multiple companies, which I like, I didn't, and I don't think that that, which is fine if you didn't love it, but why didn't you love it? I guess because I, I don't want the U.S. Right, championship what? to be the top championship on Raw. I want oh, yeah, well, Raw to have its own world title because I well, we need secondary titles to build up talent. Triple H was an Intercontinental Champion before he was ever World Champion. Like right. we need. I don't. I don't know that that segment. I, I know. I know that's what people keep believing. I don't know mm-hmm. that that segment told you know screamed to me top title in in the brand. I don't think you know, I don't think that'll right. get over with an audience no matter who's booking the show. I'm sorry, you just yeah. don't. Like USA, I mean, if yeah, it's yeah, ever gonna work versus it's gonna work with Lashley. Like he's a superhero. And right. And yet somebody's still gonna beat Lashley and it's gonna go into the land of the tag teams. 
where it's going to be somebody that's credible to be Lashley, but not quite there. And then you if if Tommaso Ciampa does, then then that's yeah, it's right. not the top title on Raw. Maybe and maybe they are going to do what I want, and maybe Lashley's the guy they want to do it with. So they got to get this title off of him first, so yeah. they can do who that. Knows? Yeah, just, who knows? I just I just don't see it because as as silly as it sounds, calling something something a world title or a world championship that's what means yeah. And like Anything I said, the they'd be they'd have more luck creating a new one. Um, but you also want you also want those secondary titles to matter, right? Like we talk about this with the Intercontinental title all the time. Like it, it's been a running joke at different times. Who's the Intercontinental champion? And everybody kind of looks around the room a little bit and is like, "Oh wait, yeah, it is whoever who is the Intercontinental champion." Gunther. Oh yeah, see. Yeah. So they have the right people in place to establish those two titles right now, in my opinion. Right. Like, one's a former world champion, which does defeat the purpose of a secondary title. But Gunther is perfect as a secondary champion and, and can get right. built up that way. And I like that. Um, and we'll see where it goes, but I'm open to it. Um, but it's just, again, it's all the subtle little things, the way some finishes were different. I know both major women's matches didn't have finishes, and that bothered some people. But you're establishing this new group, and... You don't want Alexa or Asuka to lose. You can't have Bianca or Io lose. Like, like Bianca could have beaten Io and Io could have shown out and it would have been okay, but this was better. Like, you didn't need Io yep. to lose. Next week, if it's Dakota, you don't want her to lose either. Like, they just got there. And, and we don't want to have them, them lose and get beat. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. Turning Becky Lynch back to be the man and, and turning her back as babyface. Um, I think was the plan regardless of the injury. And, and when she comes back, she's going to take off like crazy and probably oh, yeah. get that one-on-one match with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I just, I'm willing to admit that I am wearing Triple H colored glasses because I've long loved Triple H. Sure. So it, it's and going to happen, but he's also doing okay. it. Like the proof it, is in the pudding. Yeah. Own, own your, own your bias. That's yeah. fine. Like you should, we should all own our biases when it comes to what we enjoy and what we view. Um, but it's been good. But it's been really good. Yeah. What it's did been, you, it's been good. you being somewhat more traditional than I, what did you think of the whole tractor thing? Oh, I, I mean, it was a, it was a, to me, it was a throwback. Um, to the, yeah. you know, to the nineties to, and to, stuff. To, to the beer bash, to the milk truck, to all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, uh, I rolled my eyes at somebody who I don't know if they, if it was, I can't remember if it was a meme or if it was just a status. I may have seen it off of your thread actually, where somebody was like, imagine paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a ticket and not being able to see the other side of there. I was like, I'm sorry. If you were front and center for the the side where they lifted the fucking ring, you're losing your shit. And they, and you're losing they your shit. And, and I so got into an argument with somebody, somebody who I really like. Because he said that on his own too, separate from from the the picture that that's going around. He's like, I would be so effing pissed, blah 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 blah. And I was just like, you were front and center for a moment. People are going to talk about it for two decades. And and then I showed him a picture. It's like everyone's got their phone out. Well, you would show a picture from the moment it happened and not five minutes. And, and then he was like, I would have been annoyed. Like, and he went from would have been like, fucking pissed to being mildly annoyed. <laughs> like so, he moved the goalposts big but, time. Like what the fuck ever. Like and, and that's and. Those are the people that will start. Like that's a nitpicky thing. Oh yeah, Even they're going to pick. They're going to pick nits. On like it's ways. such a, it's such a, it's such a nit to pick. But um, you know, for so long, 
a, a subset of the, the people who watch the WWE. I, w- I won't call them fans yet. Cause, cause are they, are they really, they, they've hate watched the WWE mm-hmm. begging for stuff like this. Um, and then, like I said, are probably the same people who will nitpick it and bitch about it if, you know, just to do it. But, um, that was a that was a moment for them. That whole show, like you talk about, just like you you talked about commentary stuff. Just like the feel of matches mm-hmm. was different too, and, and even even the you know the main event, like you you, you got yourself a, an old attitude era moment, right? You know, or ruthless aggression era moment, like the, that sort of window of time, mm-hmm. and it was fine. Was it? Did I love it? Not particularly. Um, but it, I wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't entertained. Right. I wasn't mad at it. You don't bring that thing out with the fucking forks and not know that he's going to lift something. Right. I mean, and he very easily could have like, he did dump Roman at one point. He could have just lowered right. the thing down on top of Roman and he couldn't have gotten up and then, and then Brock right. won the match. Um, but the visual of Brock standing on it, cutting his little promo, the mic thing that I did, he was probably supposed to throw that the mic I- to the ground. But the way that Roman just caught it, and and I mean that was just and then winked at him like that was you looked like he was about to crack too because I'm sure that wasn't right. supposed to happen. There was a report that the the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre match from from SmackDown was literally like called in the ring and called on the fly, which would not happen normally. Um, and and supposedly there's a lot less like the promos are now being bullet pointed and not scripted unless a talent needs it. Like all the things that people have wanted. And I'm sure these things that triple H wanted, like what I am seeing is, is the right shifts in the right places. And, and we're going to talk about that um, later. Uh, there's something that I want to talk about with that, but all in all, I will be, cause, cause you know, uh, um, we're WWE apologists, right? We always, we always talk about what's great and never complain. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought the Usos versus the Street Profits was the worst match that those two teams have ever wrestled at SummerSlam. Yeah, it was okay. It was slow, and they don't do slow. <laughs> but a lot of people complained about the Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair match at WrestleMania, and the problem that match had was that it was an arena match that took place in a stadium. And yep. to me, the match that the Street Profits and the Usos did – they had to do that in a 70,000 seat stadium. I know there weren't 70,000 people, but there were 70,000 seats. And so you've got to play it to it as if you're playing to 70,000 people. And if they did a typical Uso Street Profits match, it wouldn't have worked for the people in the rafters. It wouldn't have worked for that. Plus you had the Jeff right. Jarrett factor. Um, and, and so it was the match right. they had to have. It was, that, that was such a weird – like the Jeff Jarrett element was just always odd. Like, but they worked it. They worked it. I mean, yeah, sure. I get it. Nashville, Jeff Jarrett. And like, it just was odd. Like, and a lot of people wanted the street profits to win. People think the street profits not going to break up. Like they don't see the writing on the wall. They literally said it on raw. I know. Like literally, or did they they, say it was on raw or SummerSlam where graves swear to God, somebody is like, well, they've been teasing they the issues between up. them and, and that they're going to break up. And then during the promo, it's it's always Dawkins who says they're not going to break up. It's never Montez Ford. And then they went to do right. rock, paper, scissors on Raw for the match with Rollins. And Montez takes off. And Montez grabs the ref and takes off. Like, they're not the new day. They're going to break up. Okay? Like, it's going to happen. Right. Because Tez is a star and Dawkins isn't. I got 
this guy on, I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but I, they're like, what do you do with Dawkins? And I've said, send him to NXT. Send him back to Repackage, NXT. Repackage, yeah. Repackage him. And they're like, but he's over. And I was like, is he over or are the Street Profits over? Tez is over. We know right. that at this point. And say, you know, the best ex- the best example that you can give to, to wrestling fans that, that illustrates your point, mm-hmm. Sean or Marty. Sean or Marty, Matt and Jeff. Uh, in the right. WWE anyway. but, Even Edge I and mean, Christian. Like, it's yeah. always been... And they didn't have NXT back then. But because here's the thing, like, like they'll do a quick feud. Tez will go over. And then Dawkins is like this in this weird position. But but if they put him and they just move him over to SmackDown, like it doesn't make any sense. But if you send him down to NXT for, for six months to a year or whatever, and then he has the opportunity to, to rebuild his, you know, reinvent himself, whatever, be the NXT champion, who knows what, and come back up and come back up opposite Tez. Like now there's that excitement. And... But but people they like Dawkins that's great but like he, he ain't the same as Montez Ford like it just no he's not there's there, there's there. a different he'll get that that you talk you talk about it like just it like Montez Ford oozes it Tez oozes it like crazy so um but I did want to point that out I thought that was one of their worst matches and and that's just kind of yep. the way the way it is um what do you think of the uh, Liv Morgan. Ronda Rousey. That was another one I saw people oh, talk really about good. a lot. Um, and yep. and live to me, both women's champions on this show. And by the way, not a single title change hands at SummerSlam, which is has happened before, but is rare. Both women's champions, both Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan, to me, arrived at SummerSlam. Now I know people are like, "What do you mean Bianca arrived? Like she main event at WrestleMania to you know, and you know, thirty seven. But she's been, in my opinion, she's been carried and all. Even the the WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch this year, like there were some obvious things that she did wrong. And now I feel like it's finally clicked with her. Like she's only been on the main, she hasn't right. been, she's been on the main roster for just over two years. Like to me, it's now working and she is that person you can build around. And, and Becky Lynch did it. And, and you can tell how much Bianca appreciates it. Like, so to me, that was her breakout performance, despite the fact that she's now a multi-time women's champion. But Liv Morgan, like that's first of all, she's the only person to beat Ronda Rousey twice. One was a cash in, one was a disputed finish, and that is what it is. But she, to me, held her own in there with Ronda Rousey, um, which is not easy to do because Ronda is is not, you know, she's still a, a, a fighter first and a wrestler second. Um, you know, really, she's a judo person first, so it's it's different. It's different than anything that Liv's ever done. Right. But like Liv is here to stay, like like. The, the response they've seen to Liv Morgan, the merchandise sales, the way people reacted, how shows like she just has it and, and, and it works and, and it's going to, she's going to be here for a long time. Um, but I, and I thought that match was good. I liked the finish, to be honest with you. Um, right. the fact that she taps out at two, like I thought it was very well done. I love the interplay between Corey Graves and Michael Cole over that and, and the replays where they showed the shoulders first and the tap out second, like, they built that. They suspended Rhonda. She's apparently on, on the books for, uh, Clash of the Castle. Um, and I hope that Liv continues to go over because Liv is, is, uh, she's got that magic to her and, and I want to see it keep going. But yeah, I thought she did great. I thought I enjoyed the match. Um, I know some people are like, Liv can't always be the underdog. She's only been, she hasn't even been champion for, she's just now been champion for a month as of today, the day that we're recording right. this. Right. Um, Relax, everybody. So give it time. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, both they've arrived. Like 
the perception of the women's division has done a complete 180. And that's without Charlotte Flair. And that's now without Becky Lynch. Like, right. um, and that's without Sasha Banks. And, and it's so it's, it's firing on all cylinders right now. And, and, and as are a lot of things. Um, and I think that's, that's exciting. It's funny because even Mustafa Ali, who loses, is tweeting about getting opportunity and being happy. Like, so many things have changed without, without Vince. Right, right, right. Let's take a commercial and we'll come back and talk about the, the last that we're going to talk about on this show with Ric Flair's last final, last final, last ever, last final match. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. So on Sunday, as SummerSlam was on Saturday, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, headed up by Conrad Thompson, although now supposedly has passed it back on to, to the Crockett family, put on an event called Ric Flair's Last Match. In, in Nashville at the Municipal Auditorium, a site where Ric Flair won three different world championships in his career. Um, and, and it's, it's had a lot of reaction to it. And, yeah. and, and Patrick O'Dowd has some reactions to the reactions. So Patrick, I'll let you take it, set the table where you want to go. Cause I know you've got some thoughts and, and let's hear. Them. Yeah. So I, I, let me start with this. I personally did not feel this was a necessary event that I needed to see. However, I also wasn't the one who was wanted this event, and I understand why Ric Flair wanted to do it. Um, but I and I and I didn't want to see Ric Flair wrestle in a ring, and I didn't pay money to see Ric Flair wrestle. Uh, but all that being said, I don't get the like joy and glee that folks apparently took out of Duncan on Ric Flair and how he looked at this at, at, during this match and after it. Like, a 70-something-year-old man got in the ring and wrestled and busted in blood like he always did. And it looked like a 70-year-old man, you know, busted up and, and bleeding. Like, it did. It, it did. What? I just, I, I don't get... And I like I don't get this just incessant need to to really put make a mockery of that. Like I just like that's and that's what I don't get. Like I was I was disappointed that the event happened. I was you know I was disappointed at, at the number of folks who you know invested time and money to see it and enable it. Which by the way they got plenty of people to go see it. So. If if you dunked on Ric Flair, or complaining that he looked bad, but then attended with it wasn't under the Starcast banner, the you know he went and attended, or you know went and saw Ric Flair's last match and then walked around being like he looked terrible. You, well, what'd you expect? Yeah, you paid for you it. Still gave him the money and you gave him. The it money. didn't sell out though, um, but it, it was close. No. But but I just didn't get the 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 dunking on Ric Flair like the like people drawing caricatures putting him on Facebook, making the dude of me, um, really just going after a guy's dignity when it just is, it's, it's uncalled for and wrong. Right. In my opinion, like whether you thought he should have done it or not, 
whether whether you, you whether you felt it was making a mockery of something or or not, like you just felt like you were kicking a dude just to kick a dude. And, they and were. that's and, and that's they, weird. And, and you're exactly right. Here's why, in my opinion. If we were to do the research, all the people who are sharing these things about Ric Flair, if we were to go back and find what groups they're in, whatever, they were probably the ones saying they didn't want it. They were probably the ones saying it's going to be horrible. They were probably and so to me, they feel vindicated. They feel like they were proven right. Therefore, they have the go-ahead to do this. Twitter, social media, as I said, have you met Twitter when we texted about it? Like all that aside, right. because that's an assumption. Like they feel like they were proven right. And now to the victor go the spoils. They feel like they've won something and now they're going to celebrate it. But, and, th- and that's stupid because you haven't right. won shit, right? You haven't won anything. Ric Flair right. is still Ric Flair. You're still some fat ass with a neck beard eating Cheetos in your mom's basement going to work at a job you hate and hiding behind a keyboard, trying to live a life that, that you don't really live. Um, but I will say this. Ric Flair has turned Ric Flair into a caricature. Oh, yeah. And when you turn yourself into a caricature, you open that door. And he opened that sure. door. And Conrad Thompson has turned a lot of things into caricatures. And and did himself no favors in the way that he promoted this. Now it worked. He is the used car salesman promoter, and and the guy yeah. sells mortgages. And he's he's very old school, so he sells mortgages the old school way, right? You know, it's at that car dealership where the owner of the dealership's like, uh, you know, you can trust Todd. Come on down. Like that's Conrad, right? Um, it didn't help that his wife got involved. Like Conrad's wife got involved, Ric Flair's daughter. That Conrad was the one who threw the brass knuckles in the ring. Like he came off as the marquee promoter doing this. That spills over into the fans' opinion of the shows. But Ric Flair is the easier target. Um, Sure. And and, and because he's the bigger bigger name of all of it. So Conrad Thompson deserves some of the blame of that as well. Um, He actually made a great point on social media that I think it was on social media. I don't think it was on a show. Where people were like, why do this? And his point was like, if Ric Flair wants to do it, then what's the big deal? What's the problem? Um, right. But there is that element of protecting people from themselves. Now, when I step back, there were like 11 matches on this card. And they were all between five and seven minutes long, except for Ric Flair's last match. Like, yep. the first well, ever card I put on, I, I did too much. I had eight matches yep. when I should have had six. I had like a three-way and five-way and whatever. Like, it's just, you had this vision in your head. You wanted to fill it in. You want to do that. Like, that match should have been six matches plus the one on the pre-show at most. Like, you had big-name stars that cost you a lot of money work for five minutes. You didn't need to do that. You had the AAA four-way. You didn't need the Super Indie Guy four-way. Did you really need Karrion Cross and Harry Smith to go five minutes? I don't think you did. You know, did you need a bunkhouse battle royal that you didn't even properly name bunkhouse stampede? No, you didn't. Like, it's just, you know, the Briscoes and the Von Erics, like, it's just, he's just too much in history. He's, he's Cody Rhodes and AEW started. It's all about history, history, history. Right. Um, it's interesting that this is the first time he's tagged along WWE and not AEW. Um, and, and I'm mm-hmm. sure, and if he were tagging along with AEW, Jarrett might, may not even be involved, but it's, 
there's just a lot of things that go wrong that whatever. But like to me, at the end of the day, it was a one-off. So it's not like AEW that we got to deal with twice a week plus all the social media bullshit. Right. It's a one-off and it was harmless. Even to record I think himself. so too. Like it was right. harmless and it's just not a big deal. And it won't be a big deal in a week. Whereas Tony yeah, Khan will I, I still mean, be stupid Tony Khan. Triple H will right. still be Triple H colored glasses. That stuff's not going away. This Ric Flair's last match will not be talked about a week from now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Outside of if you listen to Conrad Thompson's podcast. Here's the one thing I will wonder about out loud. Because this is a real thing that happens to a lot of people. Did he catch the bug? Because I hope not. I hope not as well. I'm with you. I hope not. God, I hope not. Now, if he caught the bug in the sense that he's going to do go back to doing StarCast on a yearly or twice a year basis, and he puts on a card to go along with it, whatever, that's fine. But if he uh, tries to promote, promote. No, he's not the guy, brother. I don't think he is the guy either, but. And I, and, and I mean, like, I get it. Like, it's a drug. It's addictive. You would know. It is. There's a high to it. It's different than the high that wrestlers get in the ring. Like, there's right. a high to it. There really is. When you put it on and it works and you see it and you hear it, especially when you hear it. Like, now he was sitting yeah, front row. Like, he was doing all the dumb things you shouldn't do. He made himself part of the show. And, like, you shouldn't do that. But. Which is why I don't on. think he'll do it. Because I'm hoping he's. Yeah, because he got the glory. Stuff. And when you promote for glory. Um, which is uh, there's a there's a wrestler out there um, who will sit there and tell you all the reasons why I promote. He's a brilliant wrestler. He's a, he's a local guy here, but just a brilliant wrestler. Um, and he'll tell you there's different reasons why people promote, and it's funny because then I see it, and he doesn't promote himself, and he never would. But um, and and he should go further in this business, but he just doesn't put himself out there. Like he will tell you, you promote for this reason, this reason, this reason, and this reason, and like he's dead on. And Glory is one of those reasons. And Conrad Thompson. Promoted that for glory. Yeah. Because I think he's always and, and, Well, and it's, and you can see it again. You see it in, like, if you follow the guy on social media, if you listen to any of his podcasts, like, people butter him up. Of course Hard. they do. Like, he's another money mark. He, the show was. Well, and, and that's what, and I think it's so funny because, like, you know, he's sitting there interviewing. Like, or, you know, doing a podcast with Eric Bischoff and Eric's talking about how great he is. And I'm not saying that Conrad Thompson hasn't done great things, but at some point I'm like, okay, can we, like, this guy is not that special. No, like, he just, just not. He, he struck gold with Bruce Pritchard. Right. He struck it again with Eric Bischoff. He's got the other ones that do well, but they don't do Bischoff and Pritchard levels of well. Um, right. Bischoff's going to kiss his ass because he's basically getting a whole six figure income yearly off of podcasting with Conrad, which he never thought would have been right. possible. He gets to literally work for a few hours every week and Bischoff enjoys it. That's why he does the ad free show stuff on their Patreon and all that. Like he's having fun. So Bischoff is very thankful right. that this right. human being exists and has come into his life. Um, so I get Bischoff's perspective on it. The other people that are kissing their asses because that's wrestling. You hope you can be there someday. Well, you hope, and, you know, I, and I will say that, you know, for some of these, like, like Arn Anderson, uh, Jim Ross, to a, a certain extent, Tony Schiavone, uh, 
there's also, there is a feeling of relevancy and there is a, a feeling of being valued on their part that I do think it is fair to examine as well. Like, like, I don't, I like, we know, like people know more about, I, I would say Arn in particular and Tony because of Conrad and his podcast. Right. And that makes them feel good as it should. Like, and I don't even think that it's not, I don't even think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like Arn Anderson's podcast is literally just a month by month retelling of his career. It's, it's at times interesting. It's often redundant, but Arn's happy doing it. Um, Shivani's, which I listened to for a little while, that was a like a watch along podcast for a long yeah. time. I don't even know what it is. I stopped. I stopped listening for a while. I've listened today. to it like once and just couldn't. Because like watch along, like if you're not actually watching along, and it's really dang hard to do, um, and really get anything out of it. Um, it it's tough, and and he's added so many. He's added so many other names to his to his network that. Uh, you know, he's got himself a nice little empire and ego stroke, um, but it works both ways. Like, and it, and it cuts both ways because the talent that's on there, it makes them feel good as well. And he's making and, a lot of and money. They are making, and right. And they are making money and they are getting to interact with fans and people and, and stay connected. Like, honest to God, if you ever listen to Jim Ross in particular, that's a lonely dude. Yeah. Like like lonely dude and i'm like damn like and i would have never dreamed that it. like you know it was just him and his wife would want it like it just right and then his wife died. why would you want to hang out with jim ross like, think i'm not it. i'm not saying that you would want to hang out with jim ross it's just like i i don't i don't know if i'm i'm if i'm getting at this the way that i'm that i'm trying to it just that that guy in particular who would talk just about yeah. like and a and that's you know people are like you know, he needs to quit. He needs to not be doing commentary anymore on AEW, whatever. I'll tell you what, it's, you talk about things that keep people going. We talked about this with this yeah. man. I don't, it doesn't sound like it'd be good for Jim Ross if he wasn't behind a microphone. Yeah, I could see that. I really could. I don't listen to the show. I did a little bit, but again, it just became, just, just didn't strike my fancy anymore. Wasn't interested in it. Um, yeah. But I could see that. I, depends, I see it depends on the episode. When, when he's talking about WWE in the 90s and 2000s, and doing those reflection shows, right. it's good stuff. Okay. When when he gets like there, there have been episodes where it turns into an AEW love fest, and those are the ones where it's just like, okay, stop. Yeah, I agree with you though. The whole Ric Flair thing, it's it's people being right, it's social media being social media. It's very stupid. And and I'm with you on all of those points and and will continue to be. Acknowledge me. I do need to, to, to go into one thing and and there are just things that happen in the world of professional wrestling and, and we're here to point them out when it happens that, you know, quite frankly, it needed to be said and, and we haven't it needed to be said this week, Patrick O'Dowd. We have long talked about WWE and and, and, and what Vince McMahon has done and what Vince McMahon meant. We talked about it last week, like the, this business wouldn't be here without Vince McMahon and, and all these things about Vince McMahon and how he was at the helm and, and everything else. But, and, and I will forever be that Vince apologist for that reason because we wouldn't be doing any of this if he didn't exist. 
But it need to be said, Patrick O'Dowd, I'm ready at this point, only a couple weeks in, to say that he was holding the product back. I don't know for how. Oh I'm yeah, doing, but Vince McMahon See, was holding the product back. I feel like this is this is a it, it needed to be said for for just us, like, but like, maybe yeah, because but there are other Vince apologists you know, out there, not just us. Right, right, yeah, yeah. We're not alone, but um, but you're right. Yeah, you're you you know you're just you're even seeing it in the way that like we've the way we've talked about programming in this episode. Yeah. And what we've seen is different, like out of SummerSlam and Monday Night Raw. Um, and in what we've heard coming from folks since Vince's departure, like he was, he was hurting his company, which is kind of staggering to think about when you think about how much money hand over fist said company was making. Um, I don't think he was financially hurting the company. Because I don't think the financials no, no, are going to change I, that much. But the product, yeah, the pro- but the product itself, and like he was creatively was- hurting his company, right? I do agree with that. And for the longest time, I think the excuse that was used was that it didn't matter because it was going to continue right. to be so successful. But right. now that I've seen it, it's like okay, it, it can still be that massive WB product. With right. a different feel creatively and and can work and can, we can push that talent and we can see. And I haven't watched NXT yet today um, to know if there's been any changes to it. I don't really expect anything because A, Shawn Michaels is running it. Triple H and Shawn Michaels have an amazing relationship for a really long period of time. And B, I just don't think it's high on Triple H's priority list right now. He's still got to fix right. the shows that are bringing in billions of dollars and NXT is not that. Um What's interesting is that when we talked a few, you know, a month or so ago, a little over a month ago now, when my wife and I went to see SmackDown and and the experience we had, and I was like, wait till we go to a house show and you'll see how different it is. I bet even that changes here soon. Like like what they do yeah. on house shows. You know, Jeff Jarrett has already said he wants to do some things differently. And now he's got Triple H who's probably going to afford him. Triple H is letting people do their job. And to right. me, that's a big thing. Like Michael Cole oversees the announcing, but it was always Vince. Everybody had their job, but at the end of the day, it was always Vince. And I think Triple H is letting these people do their job. And right. and that and, and that's is, a good feeling to not huge. have what feels like something over your shoulder. Yeah. Or 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 even just feeling comfortable putting something out there and knowing that it that that we're gonna give it a run. Right? Like because I'm not saying that people wouldn't put ideas out to Vince, but the way Vince would you just instantly kill something like makes you reluctant to do that. Makes yeah. it harder to do that. Oh, and you got to really believe in it to fight. Like you got to really believe in it. And I'm not saying that that changes now, but it does make it, it, it does open, you know, some confidence. I would think. I agree. I think it, it's, it's, and, and I think Vince had the best of intentions in doing that. It was his baby. It was his everything. Right. He felt this level of responsibility if it didn't work. So at the end of the day, he if he made the decision and it didn't work, you couldn't blame others. It was not him. That's like even right. the Montreal Screwdrop, which which we all know that 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 I firmly believe was was a work. I've told everybody. I've said it a million times. And you hear Bruce Pritchard talk about it like he didn't know, the Undertaker didn't know, all these people didn't know, and I believe that. The only difference in my saying Montreal was a work is that I believe Brett knew. 
That's the only difference. Right. Because Vince didn't tell Bruce. He didn't tell The Undertaker. He didn't tell all those people because he wanted to protect them. That's Vince McMahon. And and to me, that was yeah. the same thing. Like if he was – if the buck stopped with him, he was protecting everybody else because USA was only ever going to blame Vince. Everybody was only ever going to blame yeah. Vince. And, and, and that's, and Vince kind of took that, that shield is gone, but that shield probably wasn't really needed. And, and that's what I, what I see now. And, and Triple H can let people there. Dana White, and, and I made this comparison somewhere like to me, seeing Triple H do these media interviews when I saw him talk during the tryout in Nashville. Yeah. I remember. About, yeah. I remember talking about yeah. it. Literally, I was just like, this guy reminds me of Dana White. And Dana White has a huge operation with a ton of people and he trusts them to do their job. And that's the same thing as as Triple H. The big major things are still going to run through Hunter, just like they run through Dana. But everything else, is people are going to get to do their job. And that, to me, is the biggest change. Like, everybody's going to point to, you know, so-and-so brought back this happening. But to me, the biggest change is Triple H is going to let people do their job. And it also tells you he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew what the problem was all along. But he was never yep. in a position to change it, so why bother? Then, miraculously, he's in a position to change it. Something that developed, and you know, in the last days, and now it's changed. And 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 where we were wrong is is at least me. I was just like, it's going to take a while. But I think Triple H realized I don't have a while. Like, right. People are looking for this change now. Kind of kind of full circle yeah. back on where you started the show, man. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like he had to do it now because six weeks from now he might have lost some people. Now he's still going to continue to do things. I think it was like. What can we do to impact now? What can we do to impact later? Like we'll continue to see things long term. So yeah, it's it's a show me, right? It's a show me. Show I gotta show folks where this what where we're going. And he is and, showing the fuck out. And, and yeah, and he's and he's doing it. He's doing it as quickly as he can. Yep. And who knows what we're so. gonna call this era at some point in the future, but it's gonna be great. And um I'm, I'm, I'm very good. Bow, bow down to the king. Yeah, we might have to bust his music back. I'm going to have to find it somewhere at some point in time. So that will wrap things up for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully, we've continued to do what we do best, which is offer some different perspective on the same stuff that everybody's talking about. Um, because we got to talk about these things, especially right now. But, um, you know, we try to be realistic and we try to give you a different perspective on what's going on. Hopefully, you've appreciated that. Go out there and follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. You all know the drill. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I'm at ChairShot. Greg, the website's at ChairShot Media. It's TheChairShot.com. 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 Always use your head. Lots of great shows on the network. Go back and listen to the second part two, anyway, of the Villain Draft on Bandwagon Nerds. Last week, we dropped a, a classic episode, a little preview for you of a new show coming to the network called The New Force Order. Thanks to our good friend, the Greek god Papadon. They will be featured on the network here soon on Thursday evenings. So get ready for that. Lots of great content coming around, and and, and we're excited to bring it to you. So much more. You know the drill. Go to thechairshot.com, subscribe, do everything, listen to it, and we have lots of fun. What next week will bring us? Who the hell knows? We'll get back to doing the list next week and so much more. But uh, I think the time period and what's going on with the newness, with, with with the fresh start and the things coming to an end in the world of professional wrestling, I think is good. I will say this, Patrick O'Dowd. I really do think Flair's done. I don't think he wrestles again. I'm okay with that. 
Uh, yeah, I'm very okay. You know, if this if this and if this is what he needed, yeah, and like like we talked about before, didn't hurt anybody. No, it really didn't. And that's the biggest thing. It really, really didn't. So I'm down. Everybody's down. We'll see what happens after this. Until next week, though, he's Patrick Dowd. I'm Greg DeMarco. And we're reminding you to do something. And that's always use your head. It's a shameful thing to lost your head. You got no choice, babe. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.